Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy, and today God speaks to us through the book of Ruth. We're going to take in the whole story and encounter two things. First, Jesus is magnificently exalted and foreshadowed in this book, even though it occurred 42 generations before Jesus. Second, the Holy Spirit will use its story to grow generosity in us. We're currently in a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and today we approach generosity. Our story begins in the time that the judges ruled Israel. This was a very chaotic time where outsiders would attack Israel and steal their land and possessions, and then God raised up a leader called a judge and would beat them back. During this time, there was a famine. To find food, a man named Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons moved from Bethlehem in Israel to Moab, which is about 50 miles, a 7 to 10 day trip by foot. While there, Elimelech died. Then Naomi's two sons died. She was heartbroken. Her whole life was decimated. She decides to return to Bethlehem where at least she'll know somebody. Maybe one of her family members will take her in. When she gets back home, Naomi will declare, Call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara. Now, this is the Hebrew word for bitter. She says, Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. How many of you had a time when you could have identified with Naomi here? While in Moab, her sons had married Moabite women. One of them was named Orpah, the other Ruth. Before returning, Naomi is generous to the girls by telling them that they can go back to their families. Now, this is a big deal because these girls now belong to Naomi's household. The way this is supposed to work is that when Naomi has other sons, they should marry their deceased brother's wives, and they would, or they would marry the closest relative, and then Naomi and the girls would have a home and a household to provide and to protect them. However, Naomi knows that this is a difficult thing to ask of the girls. She may not even have other children and doesn't know if any family members will be generous enough to care for them. Now, I know that in our culture, this whole deal seems horrid and oppressive, but these directives that God has given them were for the good of these women. In every other culture around them, if the men of your family died, you were just out of luck. You would either die without protection or provision, or you became a slave. Those were the only two options. God made these laws and provision to take care of women. And, and this grows until the time of the New Covenant where women are leaders in the church and seem to be uh, most of the financial support for Jesus' ministry. Naomi's offer for them to return to their families was extremely generous. It was the girl's responsibility to serve and take care of Naomi. They belonged to her. Not exactly slaves, but they were not free either. They had a responsibility to her. Now, this is the first act of generosity that we encounter in the story. Instead of being concerned with her own well-being and her future, she puts the girls and their interests first, allowing them to go and start a new life. One of the girls takes the offer. Orpah returns to her family with Naomi's blessing. However, Ruth refuses. She says, do not press me to leave you to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. So we saw Naomi's incredible offer of goodness to the girls, and now Ruth responds with an even more phenomenal demonstration 
of generosity. With Naomi's blessing, which she already had, Ruth could have returned to her parents. She was still young, and she could have married again and lived a good life. But but she loves Naomi, and she chooses to stay with her, leave her home, go to a foreign land, and take care of her mother-in-law. That is the life that she chooses. The two of them journeyed to Bethlehem. They were poor. There were no men in their family to work, and the women didn't have much ability to earn money or own land in this place. So Naomi tells Ruth about Boaz, a family member of her husband's who was very wealthy and works farms nearby. Ruth goes to the field and, and goes behind his laborers, gathering up the grain that they missed or dropped. Boaz noticed Ruth and, and discovered that she was with Naomi, Elimelech's wife. So he said to her, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in any other field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. How you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Now it is Boaz that displays great goodness. He also recognizes the generosity that Ruth has shown to Naomi by remaining with her and caring for her. God has made provision in the law for the poor. In Leviticus 23, he tells farmers to drop a portion of their harvest so that the poor could follow their laborers and pick up what was left. Boaz generously obeyed this command, but he also went above and beyond by providing Ruth with protection and an abundance of grain together. The story reveals that his generosity was directed towards Naomi as a destitute family member and Ruth as her benevolent caregiver. Now, Naomi comes up with a plan. She hopes that Boaz will marry Ruth to provide her a good life. So in the evening, after the work is done, Boaz sleeps on the threshing floor to both guard the harvest from thieves and to be ready to work the next morning. Now Ruth goes into him, uncovers his feet, and lies down. Now this is really weird to us. This represents her desire to be under his protection and authority. Apparently this was like a normal thing at this time. She was asking to become a part of his household. Boaz blesses Ruth and promises to take her into his family. However, there's a closer relative who would have first claim to marry Ruth and claim the property that her deceased father-in-law, Elimelech, still had in his name. The next day, Boaz goes to the town and finds this man. He explains to him that it is his right to acquire what belongs to Elimelech, the property, and to marry Ruth. The man does not want to take on the extra burden of of extra people and property that he'll not benefit from, and so he declines, shifting the obligation to Boaz. Now they take off their sandals and hand them to each other. Once again, apparently something that was normal at this time. It's like a handshake or a pinky promise to signify a promise to one another. Boaz declares to everyone that he will redeem. This is an important word that the story uses. He will redeem what belonged to Elimelech and his sons to carry on their family name. 
This is both an act of generosity and goodness to Ruth and Naomi and an obedience to the Word of God. He honors the responsibility placed on him as next of kin. He did not have to do it. We see that in the fact that the closer relative declined the obligation. The book ends with the women of Bethlehem lifting up Naomi, declaring, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without next of kin. May his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be the rest- to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David and the grandmother 42 generations removed of Jesus. She is one of two women listed in the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew. The other is Rahab, Boaz's mom. Neither of these women are Hebrew. Not only does the the book point to Jesus through ancestry, but Boaz is put forward as a foreshadow of the work of Jesus that he'll do for all people. Naomi and Ruth were without a place in the world. They were destitute. Their family name would die with them. They had no future and no possible path to remedy any of this. But Boaz redeemed them. He took them into his house and he gave them a future. The child Ruth was uh, was the, uh, ch- the child of Ruth that was raised by Naomi as her own and continued on the family that would produce both Israel's most famous king and the Messiah to come to save all the nations. We are like Naomi and Ruth, lost, without a future, as good as dead, with nothing good to our name. But God sent Jesus to live a sinless life for you, to die on the cross for you and rise again to give you eternal life. Jesus redeems you brings you into his family. He gives you a future and a place to belong. He makes you into something great and uses you to do great things. Ruth is a story of redemption, pointing us to Jesus. Today, believe in Jesus. Enjoy his redemption and be blessed by his Holy Spirit in you. Ruth is also a story of generosity. For God's people, giving to the goodness of others is essential. Our God is abundantly generous with us, giving us an eternity of good gifts that we do not deserve through Jesus Christ. To apply the lessons of the book of Ruth to our lives, let's consider three avenues of generosity. God may lay any number of other opportunities before you that you should walk in them, but here are three to get us started and spurred in the right direction. First, be generous toward the elderly especially older family members. God expects us to take care of the vulnerable. Yes, be generous financially, but also be generous with your time. Go and visit them. Loneliness is a great evil in the lives of many older people who are not able to get out, who have lost many family members and friends. The command to honor your father and mother from the Ten Commandments, it does mean that parent, that kids should obey their parents, but Its main directive is to honor them in their old age by loving and caring for them. Be generous to the church. There are many biblical examples and commands to give to the church. For us to have the ability to help people know and follow Jesus and to progress our ministry and our community, 
We're dependent on you. I'm talking about money, but I'm also talking about time and talents. This church cannot serve one another or its community without its people being willing to give and serve and lead. If you have an idea or you want to know how you can plug in, let me know. I can help you. Be generous with encouragement. Followers of Jesus are called to be encouragers, to be people who build up others, not tears them down. Write a card, make a call, send a message, speak to them. Encourage others when you know they're struggling or when you know of something good they're doing. In the end, generosity is about investing in people. Naomi, Ruth, Boaz, and especially Jesus all take the welfare of others on themselves and work toward their good even when it means sacrifice on their part. They invest their resources, time, and effort for the good of others. This is the way of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit, go and give. You might not be able to change the whole world, but you can change someone's world. That God might use you to make someone's world a better place. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church. This evening on Main Street, right in front of our church. From 5 to 7 p.m., we're going to have a cookout. We're working alongside Stanford Presbyterian Church and also Stanford uh, New Beginnings United Methodist Church here in Stanford. But right in front of our church on Main Street between 2nd and 3rd Streets in Stanford, we're going to be having a cookout. There's going to be inflatables and games for the kids and and, and fun uh, food. Just come and enjoy this time with us. That's from 5 to 7 tonight in front of our church, 200 East Main Street in Stanford, Uh, So come, enjoy, have a good time. Also, go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Click on the Contact Us tab and let us know you're listening, how we can pray for you. Uh, There's other information for you there. One thing you can do is click on the Sermons and Midweek Focus tab. And there you can not only find the sermons that are played on the radio each week, but also our Midweek Focus that we put out in the middle of each week. It's about a two-minute message just to get you focused on Jesus in the middle of the week. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.